But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello! Your co-host, Julie. Hello from the great greening north. Oh, good. Uh, and uh, our European co-hosts, who have not yet been affected by Daylight Savings Time, because apparently we can't all do this at the same time, uh, your co-host, Thorsten. Hello. Your co-host, David. Is, uh, is this thing on? Hello? Oh, and, and, oh, Jacob, there he is. Jacob, you doing okay? <laughs> I hate this cold. I hate daylight savings. <laughs> Hello, chat. Oh, let's start on the right foot. <laughs> let's start on a positive foot. <laughs> My apologies. No, um, no, well, no. It's... Technical difficulties. No, it's... Um, <laughs> the joys it's... of doing it live. I mean, not only do we do it live, but uh, like I said, like we switched daylight savings time a week and a half ago and you guys haven't done it yet. So for this, for this weird, an hour out of sync. Yeah. For this weird period, it's all off. And I, I, we try our best to make sure everyone in our group knows about this, but you know, we're busy. Oh, sorry. I'm glad to keep track of everything. No, it's it's fair. Even when it's not out of sync by an hour. Yeah. Uh, the word from Illinois is that whatever the opposite of daylight savings time is, the government is considering giving it the old Evo standard. Really? Yeah. It's just like my, my team. Uh, my team at work said that, yeah, we're going to, they said we're think, probably going to go to just daylight. Permit. As long as they choose one. So we don't have to keep making these switches. I don't care which one. Just choose one. That's all I care <laughs> Just pick one. Uh, friends, we have a guest today joining us from, okay, I'm going to be honest. Every time I hear the word London, I think of how uh, the bear in Paddington said it for the first time. London. Uh, if you've watched Paddington. Uh, Jonah Wilberg. <laughs> this is uh, reference. Uh, Paddington, the movie that it came out like five years ago. <laughs> oh, oh, th- oh, that one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The well, bear that said, think, go ahead. If you haven't seen the bloody ancient books, I've not seen the films. I've read some of the books, actually. Oh, the films are astounding. Uh, side note. If you've not seen the Paddington 1 and 2, especially 2, uh, yeah, yeah, the movies are astounding. Go go seek them out. I'm not even kidding. They're, don't, they're not just kids' movies. Seriously, they're amazing. Uh, how, about Jordan, the bear that, how about the bear that sat down with Queen right, like, Elizabeth? Gentlemen, we have a guest here. Yeah, we do. We do. Can jo- we, like, Jonah will the tangents for a bit. Sorry. We're kind of starting off interestingly here. Uh, Jonah Wilberg from Fourfold Games in London uh, to talk about his upcoming space tactical adventure. Uh, procedural thing relic space jonah thank you for uh, joining us today thanks very much for having me now you've been working on this a while because i think we first talked about this via email like a couple of years ago a few years ago now i think uh, yeah i don't know if it was one or, or, or 
too. Um, but yeah, that was around the time when I expected it to come out initially. So yeah, it's been a bit delayed from the original plans. I've spent more time kind of working on it, polishing it before before getting to early access, which is which is where it now is. Uh, so it just released a couple of weeks ago on early access. All right. So wait, you thought you were going to release it a couple of years ago. So what changed, if I may ask, what what happened to change your mind and not release it? If I may be, if I may ask. Um, I mean, I think it's partly just the the standard thing of not being able to plan how long things take when you're working on an indie game. Oh, that's um, right. But, yeah. but partly also just you know, so I started uh, making a demo available and really getting feedback from from players as well, and so that just gave me a better sense of where the game was at, what what things it still needed. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, folks, if you're on YouTube, we're still having issues with the chat bot. Uh, so if you're on YouTube and uh, you're trying to chat with us, we can't see it right now. Uh, so you might want to go to Twitch uh, or maybe Discord um, because, yeah, right now Restream is having issues with, I apologize for interrupting, but we're having some issues with the Restream bot. Um, so I just want to let people know if they're on YouTube that we can't see the YouTube chat right now. Um, so anyway, uh so it just came out in early access and I have to say it, I, I like it a lot. It like, I started playing it one way. Like I started playing it like, Oh, I could just move around and shoot everything. And it quickly taught me that nay, nay, you cannot just move around willy nilly as much as you want <laughs> and shoot as much as you want. That's not how this game works. Calm down. <laughs> Yeah, there are consequences for such actions. There's things to manage, which I like. I just also good. Thank you know what was the first thing I noticed when I when I heard the pitch uh, for the game. It mentioned it mentioned the word roguelike in the pitch, and I went, "Oh god, it's gonna be one of these." No, ladies and gentlemen, actual roguelike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of very familiar with those uh, terminological debates. <laughs> so, yeah. Actual with the movement and the and the everything. Actual roguelike as whoever the fella is that made rogue intended. Don't remember his name sadly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very true. And and there's still room for iteration on that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it hits a lot of the correct marks. I would say. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, so I don't, know if, don't know if you know, like my previous game, Xenomarine, was more of a classic roguelike in that respect. That so, was, you know, by the way, I wanted to say that game was terrific. I loved <laughs> Xenomarine. I, it, it oh, hate, that one. It hated me. The yeah. game hated me. Hated me so much, but I loved it. <laughs> but it hated me. <laughs> oh, yeah, the game hated me either. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, do I own this game? Probably, and if you don't, you should. It's absolutely well, terrific. Oh, it's good, terrific and dirt cheap. Well, I'll look into it. It's it is it is a terrific game, and yeah, that was that was sixty percent off. By the way, yeah, it's as we record this. It's right. on sale on a, it's on sale for a fiver. Yeah, it's worth it. It is. It's Xenomarine. Just a side note, folks, is the is the developer's previous game, as he said, and it is a terrific, more traditional top down. Uh, roguelike where you're a per- where you're a, a like aforementioned you are the aforementioned xenomarine and it's a very kind of aliens situation and it is a in the in the tradition of the best roguelikes i'll use the term balls hard because it is <laughs> it's balls it is pain inducing <laughs> and it's great 
It, it's great. Like it's one of those roguelikes where when you die, it does a great job of not making you feel like it was unfair. Like, yeah, that was my fault. I wasn't ready for that. You know, <laughs> well, you're still gonna die. Alone. It's a game in which everything wants to kill you. So yeah, yeah. It's it's not really. <laughs> Something you can just say, but we've okay, all, I'm just going to play this casually. Yeah. But we've all played roguelikes. We've all played roguelikes, I think, where like there's that one death that's like, wait, I that wasn't fair. I, there's no way my character, that shouldn't be there. You know, we've all played those roguelikes that are horrifically, I don't want to use the word unbalanced, but like not really well thought out. Maybe is a better way to say it. Um, where death feels unfair and, uh, like either the thing was too powerful for your level or too, you didn't have the tools you felt you should have or something like that. Xenomarine never felt that way, which was nice. Like, you know, when I died, I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have gone down that hallway so quickly. You know, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's great too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. That's, that's what I love about roguelikes as well. And, um, so yeah, I very much see Relic Space as like an extension of, of what I was doing with, with Xenomarine. So it's definitely working in that roguelike, classic roguelike tradition um but just sort of going a bit beyond that in terms of more into traditional rpg territory i guess and and with a bit of the sort of 4x elements as well with having the different factions which i think of as a, a little bit like caves of cud i mean that, that's a that's a difficult comparison to make oh that's but, a um, comparison to make but just you know just in terms of mechanics I th- it's, it's kind of what i'm going for a little bit in terms of having the, the sort of simulated world around you that you're being this kind of roguelike character within yeah i really did like that where you're going around doing missions and you get little alerts that this faction did this and this faction you know built that and whatnot and uh i really appreciated how alive that made the universe feel and you also did that well with the uh the star map where you go to systems to pick missions and like you have the different colors on the on the systems to show that they're in conflict, you know. I really I really appreciated that a lot. It made the universe feel really alive, which I really liked. It also let you know where missions can be found and whether or not you have the reputation to do them yet. Yeah, that's also really helpful. Yeah, yeah, a lot I of would good. Also, just by the way, good. I would also com- uh, make the comparison to Drox Operative and its sequel. In terms yeah. of the forex being played around you, mm, yes. So you are working I'm, for one of the factions. I know this seems familiar. Yeah, I could see that. It's kind of a turn-based Drox operative, which I like. And yeah, sounds great. Yeah, brilliant. People have uh, mentioned that to me as well. And yeah, it's, it's funny. Drox operative is not a game that I've I've played a huge amount of. I'm not as I was aware of it. Um, but yeah, it does sound like it's 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 pretty similar in terms of the the basic structure. So yeah, exactly a turn based version of, of that sounds. And it is sounds an exceptional great. game. So uh, if you're gonna be if you, yeah, if you're gonna accidentally something, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's a it's a well, compl- it's a very complimentary comparison. <laughs> here's uh, an aspect of the game that nobody's complimented yet, and okay. um, I, I mentioned this because uh, I know sometimes my taste in games varies widely from a lot of the other co-hosts here and when i see some game and i log on log on and it doesn't matter what the whether it's a roguelike or whatever it is and there is like a page or in some cases just this wall of text that i have to go through what i really appreciate is when the game just says okay 
let's just throw you in here and it'll guide you along and you can have fun while you're playing. I really appreciated that part of the game that just said, let's just get you involved here and yeah. let's just have fun while we're doing it. It was so easy to get involved in the game and I wanted to thank you for that. Yeah, it made it feel right. a lot more more organic getting into it, if I also may mm-hmm. add to that, which I really liked. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I, I'm not a big fan of games where you have like a separate tutorial or something where you have to go go into. I always like the games where you kind of go straight into it, and and yeah, sometimes I just like skip the tutorial and just try and do whatever the procedural mode is. Um, and and yeah, so that's yeah, I've, I've tried to I've tried to get you straight into the action with with Relic Space, but. I mean, I, I think there's probably still more I could do, to be honest, to make the, the tutorial more user-friendly. Um, I found, yeah, tutorials are really hard to to do, <laughs> I think I found, to, to do it to do well and actually take a lot of time, which is something I don't have as a solo developer. But yeah, I've kind of done my best with, with, with one thing I, tutorials. One thing I'd like to recommend is making the skip all tutorial messages button maybe either... Maybe you have it stand out. I almost clicked that thing like eight times. Seriously. I'm like, is that the one I move on? Like, no, oh, no, 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 no. So either maybe have a confirmed. I don't know if you have a confirmed dialogue with that because I didn't click it, thankfully. But maybe like a confirmed dialogue or something because I almost clicked that thing like eight times thinking that was the thing that like I read the box. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to close the box now so I can do the thing. And I almost clicked that like seven. Or eight. I'm yeah. like, ah, so. But I like that it's there. I like that it's there if people want to skip it, but I didn't. And I was like, Ugh. maybe because it's big, in, a bigger button. I don't know. But uh, in that regard, I wanted to also compliment you on the graphic that's like flashing arrows all toward one point that said, click here, fool, click here, fool. <laughs> and I, I had no problem. But I will say, and here's kind of a sideways compliment if you want me to spend more time in the story don't make it as much fun to chase little red circles around the screen which is what i spent a lot of time doing and i had great fun doing it admittedly the combat and the flying is very fun as a core gameplay loop it is it is um very fun just throwing missiles at things i i love the bonus you get for for moving like i that's one of my favorite things is you're harder to move you're harder to hit but it's also hard it also is kind of harder to hit others as well but it's it's worth not standing still I, and I, with the caveats of also changing direction costing you energy and you can eventually run yourself into a rock and have to stop and be in a very bad spot yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. And we are right here uh with a topic uh, i want to ask you about uh, okay uh, was uh, Triplanetary uh, 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 an inspiration for this game, or uh, uh, especially for the for the movement phase? Is that a a, a board game or? It's, it's a board game. Okay, you yeah, don't know yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I mean, I've 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 talked to quite a few people about like board games that are like I guess similar. Um. So yeah, these sort of spaceship type board games, and I know. Um. I, I'm not aware of any board games that have like. I don't know, a hex-based movement system um, where you're, like, moving a certain number of hexes. As far as I'm aware, they, they mostly have, like, um, I don't know, you move X inches or something, or you use, like, a template or something to move. But it's, it's, I don't know, maybe maybe this is the one that I've missed, and, and that's actually the closest one to, to Relic Space out there. Look, you're from England. It's no shame. You just say that all the ones, you, the only one you know is Warhammer. You're allowed to just say that. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, those are the ones that I know best. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to someone about um, there's, there's, there's a few Star Wars games as well, aren't there? Um, oh, X-wing, yeah, that's right. That's right. Game. There's a there's an X-Wing board game. I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> well, there are many, but... Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, the one that I'm thinking of might actually be that would be closest to this model would be in the Battletech universe. It is the the spaceship combat version of it, which is called Aerotech. What's it called? In terms of the Aerotech, that's Aerotech. The, it's in it's in the Battletech universe, but mm-hmm. it is the space combat. Oh, is that like the those Aero. Air Mech games we played a while back? Is that no, no, no? Oh, no. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> just. But sorry, Spaz, you brought out some repressed memories and none of them are pleasant. God in heaven, that game, the Aerotech is awful. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's terrible. It's so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> Given the time it was designed, yeah, I'll give you that. But there was also a Top Gun game that was uh, in, the, in the same rule set, and you could actually merge the two. Wait, Top Gun? <laughs> Top Gun the movie? Yes. Top Gun? Wait. Yes. Wait yes. a minute. Yes. Hang on. Hey, yes. Sorry, Jonah. Sorry, Jonah. Sorry, Jonah. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, there's a Top Gun yeah. game that you can merge with a Battletech game. So, uh, yes. be- because I because I wasn't present for the time, uh, what the fuck was going on in the 80s? Uh, like- <laughs> a lot. The 80s so, was weird. I can, I can give you, I'll give you the very quick rundown. Uh, <laughs> the designer of Battletech also designed the Top Gun official board game. That's why it was able to be merged with Aerotech and Battletech. Just okay. to give you an idea. Okay. Tangent over. We're done. <laughs> Sorry, Jonah. This is what this is what happens Tangent when you have galore. This is when you have six pe- this is when you have six people with a widely widely varied interests. Especially <laughs> uh, yeah, could get even more uh, 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 um, creative. Uh, you could combine it with Renegade League and Interceptor. You could. What? Yes. No. Tangent over, I beg of thee. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so, Jonah, we were just saying that we really like the movement system in your game. It's it's very... Yes. It's it's very yeah, intuitive, yeah. but it also... It's, 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 it's clear, which is very important for a game like this. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. I, I love how clear every, everything is. Like, oh, this is going to cost this much energy. This is going to cost this much energy. Oh, you just lost your movement. Uh, bonus, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's that's great to hear, and, and and yeah, I mean, I think I think the movement bonus is absolutely key to the game, actually, because that's kind of what gives you this incentive to to keep moving and, and make it like a, I mean, this is what I was going for, really, like a, a realistic, semi-realistic space battle experience, but translated into this sort of you know grid-based. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be honest. In some ways, <laughs> it. Re- in some ways, this is going to be a big compliment. It reminds me of a turn-based free space too. Because you have all these energy factors, you have amazing situational awareness, you have all these tools at your disposal to deal with the yeah. situation at hand. So that's what I was thinking of as I was playing. I'm like, this really remind this really like reminds me of like if I was playing the free space two, but a turn based top down game. So, yeah, exactly. And so that's something I felt sort of hadn't really been done before. Uh, not that, really, that no. Um, and and so yeah, that's. You know, my approach to game is 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 sort of generally I, th- I think these kind of core mechanics are like really what what defines a game so in in a sense i think it's it's exactly these mechanics that we're talking about that is like really really at the heart of the game um, so, uh, 
Yeah, it's a flight. It's a space flight simulator for people with poor reflexes to <laughs> accidentally bring this back to when we had Ad Astra on board a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, who wants to take their time making making decisions, tactical decisions? Is a, is a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say to those who, like me in the audience, might be off-put when you see that it says, oh, turn-based. When I found out that I could set the weapons on automatic, do some of the little quests to upgrade my ship, and then go back to chasing the little circles (laughs) around the screen, then all of a sudden the turn-based thing didn't matter and it was like wow this is fun it doesn't matter that it's turn-based i'm gonna turn i'm gonna get chasey circles until they get the better of me and i had a lot of fun doing it yeah you know, based, but it can also be very fast wait 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 you guys were talking over each other jonah first <laughs> Um, yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, I think maybe what, what is, yeah, you, you, it can be quite fast paced uh, in that sense, the, the, the gameplay, even though it is turn based. Um, once you start just sort of moving around uh, and it's sort of, uh, so I'm going for this kind of like smooth, um, fluid turn based movement, a bit like um, Jupiter Hell is kind of like a, a, what, I, what I think of there sometimes, where it's sort of translating these, these classic. Um, roguelikes but into this sort of 3d with, with fluid animations um so something similar to that and that gets quite fast-paced as well and also i appreciated the fact that when i got myself in trouble i could do sort of the virtual equivalent of telling scotty to repair my engine so i could run away again yeah yeah, yeah. exactly um and I also yeah, love how no, you no. can run toward enemy te- uh, friendly territory and get some help if if you have the ability, which is also nice. And the AI is actually helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now one thing I wanted to say about your game, besides the movement, the movement is wonderfully fluid for especially for a turn based game. I love how you have bits of space terrain. Not enough space combat games have terrain. I mean, they might have the occasional asteroid here and there, but you have asteroids and gas fields and all kinds of things that not only give you cover, but can be used offensively as well. I yeah. really like, I think I, I, I won a battle cause I lured an enemy to a gas cloud and then shot the gas cloud. <laughs> and that was, yeah. that was terrific. I mean, yeah, that's pretty important in it. Cause you know, space is pretty empty in, in, in real life. Right. So, if yeah. you know, in, uh, having a space game can, can be quite difficult if you're designing a game. Cause it's like, yeah, where's the terror in if You know, in a traditional RPG, you've got all these things you can hide behind cover and everything. But yeah, so you need like an equivalent of that ideally in a, in a space game, which is why I think that the sort of setting I've got works quite well for that, that, you know, everything's been destroyed. Everything's turned into like asteroids and debris. So it kind of makes sense as well that there's lots of that floating around. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's kind of there for the gameplay, really, so that you've got that equivalent of, of what you'd have in a, in a sort of medieval RPG uh, there on, on, on the turn-based grid. Yeah, giving yourself that cataclysm that that just destroyed everything is a great excuse to have actual space terrain that works really well i i have to say so that that's fantastic so. well I, I spend a good deal of time chasing bad guys around asteroids and they likewise spending time chasing me around asteroids <laughs> and that added uh, a nice aspect to the game rather than just the big empty hex field that i've seen in the past from places in games 
Yeah, exactly. I also appreciated that you could, if you had your weapons on automatic, you could decide whether or not to fire any of them before movement. Because that could change your tactics. Say, for example, you start the turn next to, to an enemy you want to move away from. You can fire your lasers before moving, then move, and then fire something else. Automatic. Yeah, so your enemy just decides their enemy is about to explode and you want to move into the hex they're in right now. So you blow them up and then go ahead. Well, the other reason I mentioned it is because uh, some weapons have damage fall off if, at distance. So, ah, true. Yeah. Knowing when to do that makes a big difference. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it took quite a lot of trial and error to get to exactly the right uh, I guess I guess user interface for for that kind of thing because it needs to be you know you know ideally you make it balanced and make firing before and after possible but it also needs to be intuitive in terms of like you know yeah what what, what buttons are you pressing what what where are you clicking so um, yeah that that was that was one of the hard bits from from the game development point of view to getting that getting that working. It's implemented very well. Thanks. Yeah, there there's so much here that I really like. Now, I wanted to ask about the missions because there seem to be quite a lot of them. Uh, are they procedural or are they all uh are they uh handmade? So there's this sort of sequence of tutorial missions in the game at the moment where you know if you play use default settings then you've got these these uh tutorial missions which take take about about an hour, I guess, you go through them. And th- those are the sort of handcrafted scripted ones. And um, I'm planning on adding more of those, uh, you know, with with these sort of, sort of classic sci-fi type type story in them. Um, but apart from those tutorial ones, it's all procedurally generated at the moment. Uh, so, so that's kind of the main difference between the early access and what's going to be the full release is that early access is mainly about procedural missions once you get past that tutorial stage, um, whereas the full release is going to continue that tutorial story basically and, and have have a lot of these more scripted missions yeah because i mean robotic support is on the roadmap yeah uh, and but uh, you know and, and I, I kind of personally I, I i like both you know i don't see like procedural missions as 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 like a, a a poor man's version of the of the scripted ones i think they're both like really important to the game and, and obviously the procedural ones are you know, more in line with the, the, the roguelike tradition of having everything procedurally generated um and and yeah you know i like the the replayability that that gives and uh yeah i'm really trying to get the the widest possible variety of 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 procedural missions in the game um that there's and there's already you know a a large number you know if you calculate all the combinations and permutations you do get to to several hundred i think or even thousands of um combinations at at, at the moment and i'm planning to add some more mission units uh, that can be combined in, in, in different ways over the course of early access so um there's going to be more of those procedural missions as well oh good now l- now let me ask is it just always going to be your one ship or are you going to have any uh friendly ships you're going to be able to command or is it just it's going to well, be, be um, you I, at the moment it it's just you. I mean, I guess there might be something similar to what I did with Xenomarine on, on this, where, you know, I, I kind of gave you drones um, that you can... So, so there might be ships that follow you around and, like, kind of, to some extent, do what you tell them to. But I, I don't... Yeah, I think having other ships that you control in the same way would be quite a 
challenge from a game design point of view. Uh, no, it would also be a challenge from a player view. So I appreciate that. I'm I'm much more of a just yes. give me the one unit and let me just deal with the one unit. Like I also yeah, imagine the issue of the drones say getting in the way. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine that being a massive problem because I already have an issue where my friend, where my allied uh, ships occasionally run slap in the middle of the corridor I want to go down through, and <laughs> I end up eating a rocket because of it because the dark space just blocked away. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say from my viewpoint, from what I enjoy out of space games, I kind of shy away from when somebody says, okay, you have to command the entire fleet. And I said, okay, I would rather just play a game where it's strapped me in the cockpit and I'm happy. So I, I appreciate yeah. that approach yeah. to the I mean, game I think, design. I think, I think this, yeah, me is, too. this is kind of what part of what is distinctive about the classic roguelike tradition right it's it's that they're kind of rpgs um uh, you know things like angband rogue you know, you're, you're this player but you're only one player you're, you're only one character and and i think what that lets uh, what that allows uh, to happen is is that you really focus and drill down on that one character and you can have more detail on that character than than you would if you had a whole party so you know you have all the different slots and your body you know armor and weapons and rings and everything and and you've have the ability to, to control that during battle a lot more than you know if you had that for a whole party that would probably get overwhelming it it but does that, it that, does that get overwhelming on, i mean yeah. i recently tried to play tactics ogre uh the the recently released one and i was like i i can't my brain cannot handle this i just can't do yeah. it <laughs> cuz that's a I game granted, where you i enjoy you, games like that but right <laughs> that's me right you you do i and I, I I just don't. I don't think anymore. Maybe I did when I was younger, but I don't think I do now. Just give me one unit and let me just tweak that unit to heck. And speaking of tweaking, uh, there are a lot of pieces of equipment you can get for your ship. And there also there also seem to be quite a few ships as well, even in the early access version. Yeah, yeah. And again, I you know, I think that's kind of uh staying true to the to the roguelike thing where in a way what what's fun about playing these games is that you're constantly getting new equipment and, and upgrading your, your, yourself um, it, it, it is all about the toys it is all it, about the it, toys it, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know you've, you've in theory you've got this mission and you've got this goal but, but really what, what a lot of people i think enjoy is is about the upgrading and getting getting more powerful and um fighting more more, more powerful enemies and so you know that's what you do in, in classic roguelikes as well and um uh, but but also you know RPGs too and it's yeah it's that fun of um, of upgrading your your character that that yeah you know I've definitely tried to make sure there's there's plenty of uh, upgrade opportunities there and yeah that you're right there's a lot of I think there's about fifty um, sort of core equipment types but then they have different variants so you, know, you can get small medium and large equipment um, they have quality levels as well. Um, and I've, I've tried to sort of make them as varied as possible as well by having some of them like give you extra skills, active skills that you can use. Um, so you can get like a cloaking uh, feel that you you know you press the the cloak button and then your ship cloaks for a few turns and uh, and so you know things 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 that actually change the the sort of tactical gameplay um, there. Yeah, right. And I'm I'm excited because yeah, yeah, I I think one of my favorite things about games like this is the upgrades. Like I love getting the better ship, the better gun, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And um and it looked like there were tons of toys. So I always appreciate a game that has tons of toys. 
Now, I did want to ask about another aspect of the game, which is fuel. A lot of games like this just don't have fuel. Um, and I didn't notice the fuel at first, so I'm just flying around willy-nilly. It's like, next thing you know, it's telling me that I'm low fuel. I'm like, what? <laughs> Whoops. It's like uh, a food mechanic <laughs> in other robots. But I like that. But, but I, I like how it's not too punishing like you have fuel but you you you, you yeah. go through it fairly slowly and if you do run out it doesn't cost a lot to get a small amount of emergency fuel which i like um yeah so, exactly i think I, I figured i had to make it not not too punishing because it's the kind of thing that you could get annoyed by otherwise that oh damn i just forgot to refuel the ship at the last station <laughs> and you know uh, and, and now I, i'm basically dead um so yeah I, I actually initially in an early version i did have it that you basically die if you run out of fuel that oh god i'm glad you <laughs> took that out because that would have been very that would have been very annoying and it's, it's it's tough though because games like this are supposed to be like challenging but you don't want to punish the player too much so that must yeah. be a tough balancing act to try and achieve. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be something that would be good for a hardcore mode. If mm-hmm. you run out of fuel, mm. you die. Yeah, that would yeah. make perfect sense for hardcore mode. Because or you just drift it. forward and can't change course. So if you point yourself at a station, you're still gonna be fine-ish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so, so the fun thing about this, you know, the fact that it's quite a detailed simulation is that you can kind of do things like that. So I, I've actually once advised on testing the game. It's like you're you're running out of fuel. What you do is you kind of turn off all your equipment, um, which because equipment uses energy and energy uses fuel. Uh, that's sort of the way that the energy cycle works. And so if you, you actually have to turn off all your equipment and then just coast, like you say, in a straight line, because turning also costs energy, uh, turning one way or the other. And, and that way you can actually get to a station that's quite far away uh, without using hardly any fuel. And sometimes you really actually need to do that. So that's kind of quite a cool little uh, feature of, of just the way this, you know, which was not originally planned, but just of the way the simulation worked. Well, I just so wanted to go ahead. Known this earlier. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say from the standpoint of what some people have called me as a filthy casual uh, is that I appreciate that the game is so easy to get into. And it's not like some of the other games I've played where it can easily get too hard where I'll just kind of I can look up and there's a row of games that I said, okay, well, it's going to stay there on the top uh shelf and it's going to be there forever and even though it's in a different genre here's looking at you half-life i can't play half-life either i i just can't (laughs) or or total war you know but also i what i wanted to thank you for is the whole reputation system because it adds uh, a lot more depth to the game that i really appreciate even if it's just you know i need to work my reputation up so that i can get more goodies to blow up more ships yeah yeah and um you know funny enough i think one of my inspirations for for this game is is kind of oddly it's it's civilization and um which you know i'm a big fan of the the civ series um and and i think i think one one thing i'm trying to sort of do from from them is just have these have lots of different layers uh of of goals that, that you're trying to do at any one time and i think that's partly what um what generates the kind of one more turn feeling that 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 you get in good games is if you've got these sort of 
you know, seven or eight different layers of, of things that you're trying to achieve, um, you know, including things like reputation and the missions and the victory points. And so, yeah, you're always kind of um, thinking of one or the other. And so you complete one, but you've still got some of the other things that you're still trying to achieve at the same time, which keeps you motivated. What, what I first interest what i first brought that to mind was when i was started the game and and i mean i haven't got six hours in like spaz does but you know when i was playing this game i said oh cool now you can you've earned small cannons and i said great let's blow up things better so um and i admit i'm a casual player and that's kind of why i enjoyed something that's so easy to get into yeah great I also appreciate that the world kind of moves on without you if you are if you're getting distracted by shiny things and you're and you're just going off and and fighting but not actually completing missions for your faction the world kind of moves on without you and events keep on happening as time goes on Yeah that's that, that's right and and again, I, I kind of think there of the of the sort of different types of victory you can get in a Civ game that was maybe like part of part of the inspiration for that. That you know you you can do whatever you like in a Civ game, but at the end of the day, you're still trying to get to that to that certain point. Um, uh, and 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 yeah, it kind of gives you gives you that goal uh, and gives you that sort of time pressure to which 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 I know actually you know some people actually don't like. Uh, some people prefer to have that that purely free play type uh, game mode where you don't really have any overarching missions it's sort of an open world thing where you can go and do what you like and i i am planning to introduce something like a, a game mode more like that for for, for, for those players d- during early access too um but yeah i did want to have that kind of overarching goal because i think that yeah helps with the with the motivation and uh yeah with the, the sort of wanting to keep playing well, I, at least in this release version or the early access release version, you have an endpoint to go to mm-hmm. in in a game, and then of course, since you're planning on doing a sandbox style uh, mode later on, that's something that people who have already completed at least one run of the game can jump into and yeah. just play yeah. infinitely. Yeah, that's true. And actually, even already at the moment, you can choose to continue playing after you've completed the. Uh, the, the victory point uh, condition. So you, yeah, you can kind of do that already, I should say. So how does the factional stuff work exactly? Is it is it a background simulation that's fully running be, behind you, kind of like we talked about with Drox Operative? I yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how Drox Operative does it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a background simulation. Uh, that, you know, all the other factions are basically kind of doing things that's similar to what what you're doing so they're um kind of doing missions behind the scenes in in, in a way where they're trying to build a part of a station um, they're attacking other stations from from other factions and that's something that actually happens that if if they win a battle against another station that station actually you know becomes their their station so if you visit it on the map you'll see it's actually changed changed color kind of thing um uh, and but yeah, they're also just doing things that increase their their stats. So so every faction has has these six stats, um, which which kind of have an impact on on things like how likely they are to ambush you, how likely they are to to do other uh, faction events like taking over a station. Um, but they they also just um, 
generate victory points through these faction events as well. So you're, you're kind of that's where you're most obviously competing against them on these uh, military and economic victory points. Um, and so yeah, you can think of all the factions as sort of trying to get to that that victory points threshold before you. Um, and uh, yes, it's to be honest that the way that the simulation works at the moment that they're not really responding so much to, to what you're doing but um it's more what what you do that the missions that are generated for you do respond to kind of what what they're doing so if one of those factions pulls ahead in in a particular way then you'll get like a a mission that helps you sort of combat that uh that it gives you more points in that faction um so yeah that's that's part of the simulation as well i dig it I dig because I, I really like how the universe, like Spaz was saying, m- continues to move on uh, and you don't want to get too distracted. But there's there's just so much to do, <laughs> which well, I like. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear you say that because, you know, from my point of view, it's still it's still only early access and I'm planning to add a lot more. Um, oh, good. So, so. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. No, I felt just super busy flying like, oh, here's a mission over here. Here's a mission over here. Like, I haven't played a ton, but the entire time I just felt like um, I I kept getting busy, which is what I want. Like, give me more quests, more things to do. One thing I will ask, speaking of factions, the game seems to, like, present the idea that you could also play some of the other factions, not just, I believe it's the order that you start as. Uh, yeah. Is that something that is actually planned? If so, what's their gimmick? What, what What's the what, sorry? The, what's their gimmick, gimmick uh, for each of the factions? Um, so it, it is something I'd like to do. Um, it's obviously, you know, if we're talking about having a whole, like, storyline, um, I think that it's going to be a lot of work to add other, other playable factions, which is why at the moment that's more of a something I'm planning for post-full release. That will be kind of the main thing I focus on uh, on after full release. Is like maybe maybe it's a DLC or something like that um, to have other factions. Uh, but I mean, there is a thing at, at the moment. You know, you can already take missions from from other factions. So in that sense, you do kind of have a little bit of that of that going on. And you know, you can improve your reputation with the circle or with with some of the other uh, more friendly factions, and that gives you benefits like um, you can buy relics from the circle, for example. And even by by um, circle ships, uh, starships from their shipyards, which are different from the ones available at, at, at order shipyards. Um, so, uh, and yeah, likewise with, with some of the other factions, you've got things benefits from doing their missions. So that's kind of the the way I, I sort of compensate for the fact of only having one one playable faction at the moment is is having that ability to sort of interact with those other friendly factions. Um, well, starting as order d- does kind of leave you in a, um, uh, to use a phrase, a uh, premia faca uh, uh, state where you can just decide which factions you want to work with or against, uh, depending on how you how you play through it. Yeah, and I guess if you want, that to, if you want to screw over the circle, you probably could. I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that, I guess that's something I want to build on more in terms of the, the, the free play mode I mentioned, um, where, where you're not so much chasing, you know, you're not so much trying to help your faction win, but you're more just doing whatever you want. So I think as part, part of that free play mode, I'm going to develop the ability, I think, to more like choose your faction within the game uh, will, will, will be the aim there. Or, or maybe you just start as order and then you choose which faction you mm. want to align with as you... As yeah. you go through and gain reputation with them, 
Yeah, exactly. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, I've totally blanked on the question I was going to ask. <laughs> That's the problem doing this I'll live. I'll throw out a suggestion. Go ahead. I'll throw out a suggestion. Since uh, I saw someone uh, post on the Steam forum about carriers as a as a possibility, and I I understand it would be really difficult to implement, but I thought of a way that it might work oh, using drones as a weapon system. So you you load the drones as a weapon system, you fire that off toward your enemy ship, target yeah. ship, and then it just lands on their space and stays with them continuously doing damage. Yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. what I've I've been thinking as well as a way of doing something like that. Exactly. <laughs> I had pretty much exactly the same idea. Yeah. If uh, if I may say spares almost like the fighters in uh, Star Survivor, maybe? A little bit, yes. That they detach uh, from your mothership and then attack uh, what you're currently targeting, basically, buzzing around. Right, right. In this case, you just designate a target and then say, go, make that thing disappear. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or they just become like friendly ships, right? So other, uh, you know, like some of the the other factions do have drones uh, already at the moment. And so, you know, let's say you just kind of spawn a drone that's friendly to you next to you. Um, uh, so it kind of goes back to that point about you know controlling a single ship, but you can have like... Um, other other ships that that help you. So yeah, I think that's another way of of doing it as well. Okay, that reminded me of my question. Uh, I don't know if it's in the game now and I missed it, or if it's if you're thinking of adding it. But is there going to be any kind of boarding mechanic where you can capture ships for your faction? Maybe not control them directly, but like you can capture a ship for your faction, and then it goes back to your base and gets repaired and used for your faction. Is that going to be in there at all? Quite, quite possible. Yeah, I've been thinking about that recently in terms of um, that may well come into the story. Uh, and so I'll probably ha- end up making that that mechanic quite, quite how it works in terms of uh, the, the sort of, yeah, general mechanics. I'm not quite sure yet. Um, so, yeah, you mean like you're, you're, you'll be able to pilot that ship? Is that what you're thinking? No, I was thinking like you... Well, maybe if you want to, like you can transfer your flag, you know, over to, you know, like you transfer your, you, you like you can transfer ownership of that ship. Over. Like you still only command one ship at a time, but like you can either like take over the mm. new ship and send your old ship back to base to be used for your faction or something mm. like that. Or you could like have your faction take it over. Like, I don't want this ship, but I'll have my faction take it and it added to their overall forces something like that you yeah. know what i mean yeah 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 or you get a yeah, reward no, or if you don't even want it on the map you or if you want it on the board you just get a reward for turning it in you know what i mean like maybe that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean i, I don't think i think of it as boarding probably because the idea is like yeah. you're, you're, you're just a single single pilot in the ships so you're not, not going to be like uh, necessarily having a boarding party but um but but yeah controlling yeah capturing capturing another ship disabling and you know making it um uh, it's a your faction can pull it back to, back to the station, something like that. I think. Yeah, exactly. Something like that would be really great. Yeah, because that kind of thing is always fun. <laughs> yeah. If I may continue on that topic, don't you don't the game already have that uh, fleet point as well? Maybe mm. this could uh, counter that. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Um. Yeah, and it would certainly reduce the the opponent's uh, fleet points. I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, so you you disable the ship, and then 
you put a beacon on it. Your your faction sends another ship to go get it, which could take time because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be instant. They get it, they bring it back to a friendly base, and then your after a certain amount of time, your uh, your fleet gains a new ship, or even even more likely to, to be uh, player friendly is that it unlocks that ship type for you to be able to buy if you have enough reputation. Yeah, yeah. You should you should still get a reward too because it's basically a prize, basically. Sure, uh, sure, but you're not getting to use it yourself necessarily. No, exactly. No, you're no, turning no, no, it no. over for mass production. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly, but you should still get some kind of credit reward, I think, for turning it in, is what I'm saying. I see that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, the scrap value of the ships, isn't it? Exactly. Like you've, got these, yeah, you've got this equipment that you can reverse engineer or something. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, in, in general, you know, I, I like to have the setting kind of as, as realistic as possible. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of science fiction novels and uh you know which, which generally i'd say kind of more realistic than your average sci-fi video game um and and so i guess yeah i'm trying to bring a little bit of that that into into the, the setting and, and the game so i i do tend to think you know any new mechanics like this you know is it is it actually realistic as well as it, is it being being um you know fun fun to play um so yeah, and, and and sometimes it's a bit of a bit of a battle between those two, you know. So, so realism and having a realistic setting it, it pulls one way, and but having a having a mechanic that, that's fun to play pulls pulls another way, which I think is interesting. No, that totally um, makes sense. Since I'm a great science fiction fan myself, uh, what were the influences uh, on for the game? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, I kind of have to say, forty k probably was was an influence, um, <laughs> but, but, which is not not a great not a great like you know hard science fiction thing. But um, I, I really like uh, in in the Manx um, novels, and uh, I think you know if you go a bit deeper into like the lore, which isn't really that much in the game yet, and will come more during early access. You know, actually, all the factions in the game at the moment are pretty much. Um, what, what's the word? It's like post-humans uh, of one sort or another, um, and you've got an AI faction as well, actually. Uh, that's sort of like a pure AI, um, and so that that's kind of you know what I was saying about like you know hard science fiction having having something that's quite realistic. You know, I think if you look five hundred years in the future or, or a thousand, it actually the realistic thing is we're not going to have ordinary humans anymore. We're going to have you know these sort of cybernetically enhanced humans. Um, uh, but but yeah, it's also just a really interesting theme to explore, and I think that's something that Ian Ian and Banks does really well in his novels, where you've got you know the, these these super ships yeah, that are like massive AIs. Um, uh, yeah, so there's, there's that. Um, but I guess also just you know the classic, yeah, good 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 space opera like Stephen Baxter. Um, I don't know if you know him, uh, and uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of where, where I'm where I'm coming from. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so, how far along is the game right now? Like, it's in early access, mm-hmm. uh, but like, how, how, uh, how, how much longer would you say until, if you had to guess, would you say until oh. it's ready for release, or do you have a plan in mind, or do you have like a rough? I've got, I've got a roadmap that I, I recently published um, right. on, on the Steam. 
age, which you know I'm not I'm not promising to stick to you know exactly, um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's a 13 month uh, roadmap, um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be flexible about it. But the the, the main thing, like I was saying uh, during early access, is going to be adding a lot more story, um, a, a sort of full storyline that you can complete missions to to, uh, to experience, um, and that will bring with it more random missions as well because you know basically whenever I, I sort of build some new mechanic that that can be used for the for the storyline um i can start building that into the random missions as well um increase the variety there um so that's that's the, the single biggest thing that will be different in in the full release but also it's just you know more of more of everything as well more more equipment more more ships more pilot skills in particular is the big area which um i think is most in need of uh more uh more more skills um so that's actually going to be the priority for the for the first few months is is really increasing the number of pilot skills available um so this is like the, the sort of you know rpg character progression thing where you learn learn new skills um separate from your, your ship um so things like yeah being able to suddenly move move two squares two two tiles or um yeah getting a getting a buff to certain weapon types oh that sounds so, awesome since I'm going to have to go here soon, I wanted to sneak in one more question, and that is, <laughs> you talked about, like, the survival, not the survival, the sandbox mode, and that's mm. something I can really appreciate, because there have been some games like this that, oh, I won. I want to keep going. And, uh, you know, on the other hand, it can go too far, where it's like the whole Civ Anonymous thing, one more turn, one more turn. So, I guess I'm curious to find out if the whole sandbox thing is going to uh, be in the game when it goes full release. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> that's an. I, I'll, I'll need to see how much how much time I have to work on that. I guess um, before before release, I definitely plan to have a, you know, a sandbox mode um, where you, you don't have the pressure of trying to meet your your victory points, and you're therefore more more free to to do what you want in the game. That in that limited sense, and that's that's definitely going to be there. Uh, it's just I, I can see different ways of expanding on that and making it more, um, yeah, m m more built around the sandbox uh, type experience. That the whole thing with with the missions and everything. So um, yeah, I'll have to see how far I get along along that path. Yeah, well, you know, it's just the way the game is built, the mechanics of it, it just seemed to lend itself to that. Mm -hmm. And, so, and mm -hmm. uh, with that, I have a, a meeting I have to go to as part of the problems of being a project manager. So <laughs> thank you for being on the show, and uh, I look forward to playing your game in the future. Thanks, Joel. Thanks very much. Nice to meet you. Yeah, because I, I have to say... Uh, I mean, we try to keep these to an hour anyway, so we, so we should start wrapping up. But I just wanted to say I like how not only deep and detailed the systems are, but how approachable it is almost in spite of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, you know, that's, that's kind of my what, what I like when I'm playing a game myself. You know, I, I also don't like spending hours just sort of pouring over technical manuals and I like to get straight into it. And um, it kind of, it's, it's a turn off for me if it's, if it's kind of too hard, the, the user interface isn't, isn't clean. So yeah, I guess I, I'm, I'm sort of trying to create the, the, the thing that I enjoy playing as well. Oh, I never asked, how long have you been working on this thing now? Um, so it's about three and a half years now in total. Okay. That's not too bad. 
especially compared to some other games that have been yeah yeah exactly yeah i see all these <laughs> massive 10-year projects out oh, there yeah it's uh, uh, yeah. you mean this ghost play <laughs> no i was thinking star sector I was thinking of a, 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 a. I was thinking of something else. I wasn't thinking of the other thing. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I'm not saying. Please it. tell me. Don't no, say it. don't say. You know it. what don't I'm talking it. about, sir. I'm not saying. <laughs> Space resident, something like that. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, outer space apartment dweller. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, ah, yes, that's <laughs> I get you. Okay. Hey, there was that one time you fell through the ship. Uh, <laughs> so, technically, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, well, yeah, we should start wrapping up. Uh, so, Jonah, I want to th- thank you for... Uh, thank you? I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and talk about uh, Relic Space here. Folks, Relic Space is currently in uh, early access on uh, Steam, and even though it's in early access, don't let that fool you. It's got a lot uh, going on already. It's got a uh, it's got a ton of gameplay. Like you've already played six hours, Baz, and I could see myself playing many many hours because there's just all these missions to do, all these fights to get into, all this trouble to be uh, had. So uh, there's a lot to like here, uh, especially if you like turn based tactical space combat, of which there really isn't enough. I mean, there's a lot of real-time stuff and everything, but like turn-based tactical on this kind of level there, there, these are, these kind of games are few and far between. I mean, there's uh concealed intent and last uh, federation, maybe, La- uh, maybe kind uh, of, it was that turn-based. yeah, yeah kind of, kinda. uh, uh, that's really it. <laughs> no, there, may, there may be some others, but there aren't a lot of games of this ilk. Um, so that's the great thing about space games is there it can fill just about any little niche. And uh, and it's it's great to see another game of this type that's, that's so well thought out because it is really well thought out in a lot of ways. So uh, it is both equal parts complex and approachable. Yeah. So yeah. don't let that. Don't let that scare you off, really. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but it's very easy to get into. Even an idiot like me can play it. So if an idiot like me can play it, anyone can play it. <laughs> Easily. Uh, so yeah, Jonah, thank you so much for coming on. And again, guys, the game is Relic Space. It is currently available now on Steam Early Access. Just go buy it. It's great. You'll like it. Just go get it. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about... Um, uh, ambitious indies and indie developers. There are a lot of great developers out there, but some of them, like the Trees Brothers, like the developer of Spaceborn and Spaceborn Two, are we think they're androids, and so we're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about that kind of thing uh, next week because I don't think they sleep. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about next week. So we'll see you for that. Have a great day, everyone. Be safe. Be well. Please, uh, if you haven't already, please get vaccinated. Can't believe I have to keep saying this, but I'm going to keep saying it because we're still in a pandemic. And as always, thank you to our patrons. We will see you next time, y'all. Bye-bye.